Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 3 episode 29 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue as we begin our study of the January the 25th to January the 31st section of the um, Come Follow Me materials for 2021 covering Doctrine and Covenants section 6 to 9. This is the spirit of revelation. And I've kind of gone forwards and backwards on how I'm going to deliver this week's um, study session because there's a few ways that we could. And what I'm going to do, first of all, is we're going to focus on sections six and eight and nine because I think they really deal with the similar themes and a kind of narrative that goes through. Whereas section seven is a is a is kind of a random kind of question that was answered to the to the, to the prophet Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery by the Lord, and we'll deal with that at the end of the week. So. We're going to start here in Doctrine and Covenants section six. And to really understand this, we need to obviously get the context. So quite a bit of this will be the context today, uh, but we'll also begin to dive into section six. And this really begins with Oliver Cowdery uh, back in Manchester. He was a school teacher and teachers often boarded with the families of their students uh, around this time. Uh, and in autumn of 1828, he had heard about um, kind of the, the rumours about the Smith's son, uh, having these gold plates and seeing angels and he was really transfixed by this um it says uh, in the saints book quote uh, what they said captivated oliver and he longed to help with the translation like joseph oliver was dissatisfied with modern churches and believed in a god of miracles who still revealed his will to people but joseph and the gold plates were far away and oliver did not know how he could help the work if he stayed in manchester close quote now, um, he told the Smiths that he was going to, after the school term was over, try and see if he could go and help Joseph Smith. Uh, and interestingly, uh, another experience happens. Quote, retiring to his bed, Oliver prayed privately to know if what he had heard about the gold plates was true. The Lord showed him a vision of the gold plates and Joseph's efforts to translate them. A peaceful feeling rested over him and he knew that then that he should volunteer to be Joseph's scribe. Oliver told no one about his prayer. But as soon as the school term ended, he and Joseph's brother Samuel set out on foot for Harmony, more than a hundred miles away. The road was cold and muddy from spring rain, and Oliver had a frostbitten toe by the time he and Samuel arrived at Joseph and Emma's door. Yet he was eager to meet the couple and see for himself how the Lord worked through the young prophet. Close quote. So we have Oliver here, and he is obviously um, intrigued by this work. He he arrives, I believe, on the 5th of April, and they start work on on the translation on the 7th. Uh, and so it's a very short space of time before he begins this process with Joseph Smith. And they just they just go for it. There's about 60 working days in from this point to the time that the Book of Mormon is translated. And it is a process which is incredible. I mean, I don't think I could write a book. I mean, never mind a book like the Book of Mormon, but a book full stop in the space of two months with such beautiful imagery and such wonderful power. Um, and it's just another witness, really, that, you know, that Joseph is a, a prophet, that it was translated uh, from these records. Uh, and so we we go into se- se- section six. And this this is really given um, because Oliver has some questions about the work. You know, there is, you know, he knew that he needed to describe, but he had some doubt. Uh, and, I, you know, I want to begin with this, really, and just say that. You know, how many times do we uh, do we go in this situation? Oliver, as we just read from the context, had a powerful witness that this work was true, that he should be 
part of it. And there's a quote where he says that he felt in his bones that he was he was called to do this work. Uh, and yet, you know, we we find later on in this section that that he has some questions about it, about the truth of it. And we'll see what the Lord says to him about this. But to begin with, in verse one, the Lord begins with a similar kind of set of in, um, guidances and instructions uh, or, you know, um, revelation as to what we find in section four. It begins, a great and marvellous work is about to come forth unto the children of men. And once again, you know, the Lord works through the prophet Joseph and really tries to give a vision of what how far this great work will go. Um, John A. Whitsoe said this, quote, Unknown, untaught, with no reputation, he should have been forgotten in the small hamlet, almost nameless in the backwards of a great state. But he dared to say that the work that he was doing under God's instruction was to become a marvel and a wonder in the world. We know, my brethren and sisters, that whether it be friend or enemy who speaks of us, if he is a sober-thinking, honest man, he will declare that whatever his opinion in the foundations that this work may be, we know the foundations. It is a marvellous work and a wonder, none like it in the long history of the world. The truth set loose by the prophet Joseph Smith have touched every man of faith throughout the whole civilized world and measurably changed their beliefs for good. Close quote. This work has indeed rolled forward as a great and marvelous work. Um, skipping along to verse seven, um, the Lord says, seek not for riches, but for wisdom. And behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you and then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that have eternal life is rich. Um, the Lord is in, in, encouraging us to seek out wisdom, to seek out answers to our questions. Um, and I think that is so important. Uh, you know, let remember that this whole section is really about revelation. And we're going to talk about what revelation feels like, what it actually is, because I think we often talk about this burning in the bosom, which we're going to read about later. Uh, and I think it'll be important for us to kind of consider what that actually means and what revelation might feel like to each of us. But in this case, the Lord is saying, seek this wisdom. It, you know, it is an important part of, of the mortal experience. Um, Ezra Taft Benson said, quote, it was once thought that, and still is in some places, that when a young man seeks out on a quest for academic knowledge, his faith in God will be destroyed. Our youth generally are living proof to the contrary. It is not the search for knowledge, nor knowledge itself that costs a man its faith, his faith. It is rather the conceit of small minds providing, proving anew that, that a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing. It is intellectual pride that leads one to think he is self-sufficient in matters of mind and of, and of spirit. Let us ever realise the vast difference that exists between the discovery of truth and the custodian of all truth. The one is human, the other is divine. Close quote. We should be seeking answers to our questions. There is a relative of mine that's kind of recently kind of gone onto this a journey on, on finding on seeking truth and not done it with the knowledge and the faith behind it and it has started to fall away which is a real it's a real shame and um it's difficult because i also have kind of gone through similar you know searching and finding out things that they that they talk about and fortunately for me you know i've managed to keep myself grounded in that faith that i know that christ is my savior and that the Book of Mormon is a is the Word of God. You know, there is no doubt in my mind after, that, especially after the study for last year from the Come Follow Me study, that and the and the witnesses that I've had that the Book of Mormon is true. Um, but that but that has to be there. That grounding has to be there before we search and seek other things, um, and then we'll be made rich. Um, 
And I think that, you know, that interesting thing about being rich is there. Seek not for riches, but for wisdom. Often we are told that if we seek for wisdom first, then riches will follow. But again, riches may be defined in a different way rather than money. Um, you know, I think we need to be careful not to kind of say what we think those riches should be. But it all comes down to our desire, really. And verse eight starts to begin this um, this whole discussion about desire. Um Verily, verily, I say unto you, even as you desire of me, so it shall be unto you. If you desire, you shall be the means of doing good in this generation. Desire is a very important part of this section that we're going to study as well. So revelation and, and desire. Uh, President Alan H. Jokes said this, quote, We know from countless personal testimonies that in his own way and in his own time, the Lord is preparing persons to accept his gospel. Such persons are searching. And when we are seek and when we are seeking to identify them, the Lord will answer their prayers through answering ours. He will prompt and guide those who desire and who sincerely seek guidance in how, where, when, and with whom to share His gospel. In this way, God grants unto us according to our desires. Close quote. This desire needs to work in us, and in fact, the Come Follow Me manual. I think I think I'm going to have to kind of put the two together because they are interwoven with it. But throughout both these sections, the whole idea of, of the Heavenly Father speaking to us through the Spirit of Truth, and also you know our desires throughout section six and seven, it invites us to look to see how many times the word desire pops up, um, because even through these two sections, we're probably going to find it's multiple times. Um, and if we have the right desires, the Lord will lead us to those, uh, which is so exciting. It's so brilliant to know that, you know, what our desires are, if they're righteous, um, then the Lord will provide them. If they're not righteous, then we can go after those. But, you know, it's our desire that, that really fuels us. It's all about desire. Um, very quickly, verses 10 and 11, um, the Lord talks about how Oliver has a gift. He says, behold, thou hast a, a gift. And blessed art thou because of thy gift. And we're not going to go into full detail about what that gift is. But the Lord once again reminds us that we all have gifts. Uh, and these are spiritual gifts. And Oliver, as we're going to find out, does actually have some sort of gift, a divine gift, uh, which we'll refer to later, uh, especially when we talk about translation and his role in wanting to do that um, and what happens with that. So thank you very much for listening today for this kind of background context um, study, but also kind of the beginning of section six. We're going to really delve into um, the, the principles of revelation and of desire over the next few days. And I cannot wait to go through it. And we're also going to talk about the Book of Mormon translation as well and about the, um, the historical context behind that and what we know about it as well. Uh, because I think that that is an important part of study for this week too. So I cannot wait for this week. It's going to be full of great stuff. So uh, please join us tomorrow. Uh, you can share the podcast. Please join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And of course, you can um, join the, uh, you can email session at gmail.com if you would like to join in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.